Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Bucks in Washington from FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. In the NFC wildcard game, what can they expect from Mike Evans? Who was a game-time decision? Can they protect Tom Brady from Chase Young and the four other first-round picks on their defensive line? And without Devin White, will the Bucks defense make life difficult for quarterback Alex Smith? We've got all that to talk about and more with Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, have you been to Breitling Boutique? What are you waiting for? It's right over here at International Plaza. Do you know there's only one? This is one of only 15, 15 in the United States, and we got it right here in our own backyard now. Uh, you have to go over there and check out these beautiful, beautiful Swiss timepieces. I'm telling you, these these watches are tremendous. Uh, they're worn by you know Hall of Famers and championship quarterbacks, like like a a guy that might play locally and boxers. But you know, when you walk in there, they're going to treat you just like you're one of those celebrities too, and you're going to want one of those watches. Now, here's what you do: when you come into Breitling Boutique, you tell them that Rick Stroud sent you, and and even if you don't purchase one of those watches, which I'm betting you will, uh, you're going to walk out of there with a $60 Breitling cap just for trying one on. So what, what's a better deal than that? Go see these gorgeous watches and timepieces at Breitling Boutique International Plaza. Joey Knight joins us now. And Jody, I'll, Joey, I'll just ask you straight out. Like, what were you doing in January of 2007? My goodness. <laughs> I was right? covering high schools in our uh-huh. – Sprawling North Sun Coast, Pasco <laughs> Hernando. I was probably at a Nature Coast basketball game, or yeah, or, or freezing my butt off at a at a Pasco High soccer game in late January. That that's where I was. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. I've done all of, of that you just mentioned. I unfortunately, or fortunately, was covering the last Bucks playoff game. Um, and to give people an idea, I think we mentioned this on the podcast in two thousand and seven. The iPhone was invented. Yes. So it's been a minute. And here we are, you know, tonight or on Saturday night, there's going to be, um, you know, a, a playoff game involving the Buccaneers, which is great for their fans who have waited a long time for this. And, you know, when they got Tom Brady in the offseason, um, I, I don't know that it was just assumed he would take them back. If not, you know, we can get into the Super Bowl or bust idea, but – you know, if you watched it unfold with the pandemic and everything that's gone on in this country and sports in particular, and the NFL having not really missed the game, which is just incredible to me, um, what he has done at age 43, I don't know will ever be duplicated, certainly under these circumstances. And, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, against the Washington football team and if they get past them beyond. But in my mind, Joey, I, I, I think he's fulfilled his end of the bargain so far. You know, Rick, you bring up a good point. A lot of people just assumed because the Bucks had the GOAT that they were going to take it to the next level and go to the playoffs. 
And I think that's the issue with Tom Brady at this stage of his career. People just presume they take it for granted when they have Tom Brady. And people, as a result of that, I don't think appreciate the work he puts in and the things he's able to accomplish. You asked me, you know, what I was doing in 2007. I don't remember to the day what I was doing in 2007, but I remember how I felt when I was 43 years old. Yeah. And it was nowhere near the feeling of an elite NFL quarterback. The guy threw 40 touchdown passes. That's the second most of his career. Mm-hmm. He is he has taken this offense to a previously unforeseen level and he's doing it at 43 years of age. And when you just, you know, people see what he does on Sunday and it's it's spectacular, it's incredible. But to keep a 43-year-old body in shape the other seven days and 21 hours of the week, just in terms of what do you what you put into your body, how you stretch it, how you exercise it, how you practice, how you avoid COVID, you know, how you just, you know, go from go from home to practice and kind of sequester yourself, all those things. I think people just really take for granted simply because he's Tom Brady and what he's done. If, if people would just sit back and assess it, not just on those three hours on on Sunday but or Saturday, but just throughout the course of the week, what this guy does to keep performing at a level he's performing at, it's staggering. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. Yeah, because I'm not sure that even if somebody had, had, had the desire to play, and I think they all do, right? It, it's just the sacrifice that he makes – of himself and his family and, and, and whatever other time that he is required to do, you know, the TB 12 method, Alex Guerrero and the stretching, um, you know, not eating bad foods. I can't go two days without putting something that's not good for me in my body. Now, granted, I'm not getting paid $25 million or maybe I'd be motivated, but he's not motivated by money. He's not motivated by even his own current legacy. I mean, this is what's weird about Tom Brady. It's like, how many times can the confetti fall on your head before you're like, okay, I've had enough. And he could walk away as the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not sure anyone will win six Super Bowls, much less go to nine of them in their life and their career. Cause how long would you have to play? He played 20 years to accomplish that, but it's not enough for him because he enjoys playing too much. And you can see that he enjoys everything about it. The process, um, the nuances of the game, challenging himself now physically and mentally this year, coming in, learning a new offense. And so, you know, as someone who's covered this team for 13 years and seen them go through, you know, six head coaches during that time, I think, and two franchise quarterbacks that they've drafted and since dispensed of. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of football played, you know, at the NFL level here in Tampa since 1976. And to think that this guy comes in here and sets the touchdown record <laughs> in his yeah. first season at age 43. I mean, it's just, it's just remarkable. And so, um, and I would say this too, you know, I don't know if it'll be another 13 years before they get back, but you better not just take for granted. And I know guys like Mike Evans and Levante David would not be that this is going to happen again. Um, we don't know. I would assume Tom will play. We'll see what happens. He signed for two years, and I think he'll probably play till he's forty-five if yeah. he gets if he's in good health. But this is a great opportunity for them, and 
You know, he's never made it this way, Joey. He's He's been to all these Super Bowls, but what he hasn't done is have to go on the road as a wild card. He's 2-2 two and two as a wild card, and he's lost his last, last two games in the wild card round that when he played him. And, you know, and yet there's a part of me that says that the atmospheric conditions are ripe for him and this football team, um, you know, to, to do it the long way, to take the hard road. Now you've got to have luck with injuries and, and, you know, matchups are key and, and that sort of thing. But I just, I just feel like they have momentum and, and I don't, Look, I don't know whether momentum matters much coming out of the regular season. It's sort of a second season. It's sort of anything can happen when you get in the playoffs. So you, do you think how they played the last four games really matters? I, I think it does matter. I, I subscribe to, to the uh, intangible of momentum. And yeah. here's what else I subscribe to, Rick. I don't think anybody in sports plays with a bigger chip on their shoulder than Tom Brady. And you just you just kind of touched on that. I mean, the guy has the 199 index card still in his back pocket from where he was drafted in, yeah. in 2000. And somebody tells him, hey, Tom, you've never you've never reached the playoffs as a wild card before. And now you've got to in order to reach the Super Bowl, you've got to be a wild card and play almost certainly throughout the road on the road throughout the course of the playoffs in order to get to the Super Bowl. That's just going to fire him up. And I, I do, I do think this team has some momentum. And don't come at me with who they've played in recent weeks: Atlanta, Detroit. This is the NFL. This is parity prevails. We saw Atlanta give Kansas City everything they wanted a week before they came to Raymond James Stadium, before Tom Brady and company put it to them pretty well. I think, I think this team is starting to find its groove. They did not, as we all know, that they did not have a conventional offseason, no OTAs, no, no conventional training camp, no, no mini camps. And Tom Brady had to come in here and learn things on the fly. And as Bruce Arians told us, that first season opening game in New Orleans, he, he, he didn't see the picture in his head. He, he was still learning the verbiage. And now, you know, how many, many ever months later, he sees the picture in his head. These guys ha- have gotten the, the practice reps. They've started develop, to develop a clairvoyance among themselves. Tom Brady, Gronk, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, whom I think will play Saturday night, Chris Godwin. We're, we're, we're in early January now. They, they've gotten the practice reps. They've kind of, they're on the same wavelength. Like I said, they've developed a clairvoyance and they're starting to click. And I think they are, they are hitting their stride, you know, forgive the cliche, at, at the right time. So I, I do subscribe to momentum, and I subscribe to the fact that, that Tom Brady's going to go in there with something to prove yet again, even with six Super Bowls and even at age 43. You know, he may not go in there with a very healthy Mike Evans. I mean, you know, we saw right. the, the hyperextension, and it just seemed like, you know, a cruel twist, uh, no pun intended. Uh, that Evans, after seven years, and, and he, he breaks the record, right? He gets the seven 1,000-yard season. The very next pass in the end zone, uh, the ball's thrown behind him on an in route. He kind of tor- torques his leg or torques his hip, and, you know, the knee hyperextends. And it was an ugly-looking moment, and they had to help him off the field. He didn't practice, um, you know, really until Thursday. He was even limited then. You know, I, I watched him sort of run around. Didn't seem to be stressed about anything. Was smiling, kind of laughing, um, 
you know, look normal in just in the, the, the jog portion that we were able to see. Um, but, I, and I don't think they're going to have a, an easy time not letting them play. I mean, you, you've talked to, to Bruce Arians and others this week. Mike's going to will his way onto the field. My question would be, how effective do you think he will be? And, you know, is if if he's a decoy or if he takes heat off other guys, is that good enough? Or do you, you know, do you say, you know, let's 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 go with the guys that are healthy and you have Antonio Brown, you have Chris Godwin, you have Scotty Miller. Do you feed those guys a little bit more because maybe Mike's not not close to a hundred percent? I think they, you know, I, I don't think they try to use him as a decoy. If they run him out there, they're going to try to let him play and run and catch. I think so. But I do think at, at some point, if Bruce Arians and Clyde Christensen have seen enough to where they just don't think Mike's getting it done or he's not at full speed or there's the chance that, you know, he could hurt himself further, they'll, they'll get him out of there. I, I think they're going to give him every opportunity to play. But if they don't like what they see, I, I could see them pulling Mike and saying, hey, you know, we can win this game. We, we have a solid chance of winning this one without you. You know, there, there's going to be other fish to fry. Let's, let's, try to, let's try to get out of here and get you ready for, for Green Bay or New Orleans or whatever the next thing is. And, you know, we've seen Antonio Brown in the last few weeks talking about guys finding their rhythm, getting in their groove. We saw what he did against Atlanta last week, 11 catches, two touchdown receptions, I think they're capable of sliding him around to, to various spots out wide and in the slot. So you've, you've, got, you've got depth. It's why they brought Antonio Brown here in the first place, Rick. We all questioned it. You know, a couple of months ago, we said they've got an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. Why, why do they want to take a risk on this guy? Well, now we know because now come playoff time, you've got one guy down. The next man up is a four-time All-Pro. So you've got Antonio Brown, you've got Chris Godwin, you, you've got Jaden Mickens, who has come in at times this season and carried his weight when they needed him to. So, you know, long story short, I, I think they'll give Mike Evans a chance, but if they don't like what they see, they'll pull him and they'll say, hey, we, we've got some guys that, that can compensate for you tonight. Get healthy. Let's go to the next round. You know, Brown is a, is a fascinating story, and he, and he really he really has kind of come alive um, in these last few weeks, especially this this past game when Mike went out, you know he ended up with 11 catches, as you mentioned, 138 yards and two touchdowns against this particular Washington defense, which is the biggest fear I would have if I were the Buccaneers is that that this is not a group that that you know you're you know you're not going to roll over them. If they score 40 on these guys, then I would pick them to win the Super Bowl because um, it doesn't seem to matter who Washington plays. Um, you know, that, that front four, they're able to rush for and they get home. I mean, you're talking about Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and, uh, you know, Montez Darren Payne and, and Montez Sweat, who's just been phenomenal. And then off the bench, right, they got Ryan Kerrigan who's got five and a half sacks, and he's a savvy veteran. So five first-round picks uh, on your defensive line. And we know that the, the games that the Bucks have struggled in, and Brady in particular, have been against those teams that can rush the passer and do it with fours, you know, the blitzes don't necessarily bother them as much as, um, you know, if they're if they're covering with seven and, and they can get after you. So I, I guess how do you counter that when so much of the Bucks offense and of the recent success have been shots down the field by Brady? Um, 
I th- I think they're going to have to run the ball, Joey, and and I think they're going to have to use the quick game, whether it's those stack screens out there to you know to Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin. I think you got to get the ball out on the perimeter and get it out of Tom's hands, and then maybe you can take a shot, or do you just come out and say we're going to see if you guys can stop the run first, and you know uh, try to be balanced and 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 slow the pass rush that way. What do you do? Well, you know. I agree with you. I think Tom's going to have to get out, get the ball out of his hands quickly. And it's not that the Bucks aren't capable of a, of a short passing game. It's just they haven't done it a lot. And, right. you know, they've been criticized all season for that. But I think that's something they're going to have to focus on and come out and establish. I, I think they're capable. I, you know, I can see Antonio Brown, you get a shot off to him in space and let him do stuff. My, my concern is those backs who are the safety valves catching the ball. Ronald Jones has a fractured finger. Leonard Fournette has struggled catching the ball at times, as, as we've seen. But I, I think that's going to have to be their game from the outset because I think they're going to have to have some early success. They, 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 cannot, they cannot, in a playoff game on the road in frigid conditions, start slowly as they've done, you know, a, a, about a month ago you know, even more recently than that, we were just bemoaning their slow starts. At one point, they had been outscored 58 to 7 in the first quarter. They can't retreat to that. They're going to have to they're going to have to have some early success on on third down. They're going to have to keep the uh, the offense on the field. And I think the way you do that is, like you said, Rick, getting establishing the run, getting the ball out of Tom's hands quickly, perhaps getting your your tailbacks involved and that's not going that's not going to be easy but i i don't i think they're going to have to adjust i i don't think they're going to be able just to go in there and and establish and lean on their their vertical passing game because of the reason you said because this may be the most athletic and fierce front that they've seen all year i mean washington is no slouch they they allow 304 yards a game that ranks that's the fourth fewest in the in the NFL, they, they only allow 20 and a half points a game. That's the fourth fewest points in the NFL. And it's all based on those guys up front, the young guys, too. You know, when you talk about Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen, all those guys were first round draft choices and they're young and they're hungry. So I think Tampa Bay and Byron Leftwich are going to have to adjust their game and have some early success and control the ball early just to avoid disaster on the road. They're young, they're hungry, and as Raheem Morris would say, then they're younger. And Chase Young is the guy that that called out Tom Brady at, right after they, you know, they they won to the NFC East and in, in the game that Philadelphia pretty much and absolutely tanked to give them. Uh, he ran off the field saying, you know, like like was it Clubber Lang calling out Rocky? You know, I, <laughs> I want you. You know, and 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 so that became you know played and on a loop about a hundred thousand times. We talked to Brady the other day about it. Did you notice he didn't, you know, he typically kind of downplay, well, you know, he's an outstanding young pass rusher and all this. Yeah. But did you see the smile he had while that was when that conversation was being had? And then he threw in the, oh, yeah, he probably still has this Ohio State-Michigan thing. Um, it does, which it doesn't take much to motivate him, Rick. I'm telling you, it doesn't take I, I, it really, I mean, do you, if you're, if you're changing, and I talked to, you know, here's the funny thing. I talked to Ron Rivera, and the first thing he said was, you guys turned that into, you know, you took it out of context and you turned it into bulletin board. And if you know Chase Young, look, he's just, he loves ball. He loves playing. I mean, 
He grew up watching these guys. We played Pittsburgh. He went over and and and, and we couldn't we said the same thing about Ben. I can't wait to get Ben Roethlisberger. And then in warmups, he went over and shook his hand. And you know, he goes, he he doesn't mean it like that. I don't think it matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't it. matter. And and I think Tom, the great ones, like you said, the card in the pocket, you know, the one ninety nine. Those guys are the ones that that, and we saw this with the the documentary on Michael Jordan. If they don't have something, they make it up. I mean, they take it so, personal. Yeah, and and they'll create friction when there isn't any. So, if not for Tom Brady, and we've got to figure he's pretty motivated in the postseason anyway. What does that do for your offensive line? You know, it's it should fire them up. It They're should, calling I mean, you out, aren't they? I mean, as much as anything, they can't get to Tom Brady unless they go through Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet and those guys. If that doesn't represent a challenge to you, man, you got you got to check your faults. And I yeah. think it's going to be interesting to see how these guys respond to the challenge because I, I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know the last time that you know Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs for as for as outstanding as he's been. I, candidly, I think he should be the rookie of the year. The guy Agree. hasn't missed a snap. The Agree. guy has not missed an offensive snap all year. He's given up he, what he, one sack or something like that. It, it's incredible, but he is going to face. A challenge he hasn't seen in a long time, maybe maybe several months, when you know sweat lines up against him, and he may see Chase Young from time to time. So these guys, I think they will be motivated, and I think they better be motivated because uh, Washington's coming for him. I agree, they're coming for him, and and you know if I were the Bucks, and and somebody asked me the other day, you don't really think, I mean. You know, look, the Washington football team—they didn't win. They didn't win. You know, even eight games. Um, you know, they can't score all that well. Um, you know, Alex Smith is a bit of a statue back there. They don't have a lot of weapons. They got Antonio Gibson, and they got Logan Thomas, the tight end, he used to be a quarterback, and um, you know, uh, Terry Mc, uh, McLaurin. McLaurin. But, but but yeah, but do you really think that you know they can take down the Bucks? My thing is, Joey, I think they're going to try to muddy up the game. I mean, they're not going to – you know, when you play when you play a fast-break basketball team that likes to press and go up and down the court, you're not going to try to play their game. You're right. going to try to play yours. And the one thing that would, would bother me if I were a Bucks fan uh, in just kind of watching how this defense goes without Devin White, okay? And, and look, I got, I got nothing but love for Kevin Minter. He fulfills the role exactly how you're supposed to. He comes in. Um, you know, he makes nine tackles, uh, maybe not, maybe not splashy, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You get out of the game and you've won the game. Yeah. However, um, if they get in dragged into a, a street fight and we saw Atlanta, you know, ball control them to death. They just happened to break down in the red zone twice. They were inside the five, didn't score a touchdown against right. the better teams. You know, it, the best way to beat Tom Brady is to keep him over there on the sideline. Are you worried at all the way this defense has played of late that they're going to be able to to get the ball back to their offense on a regular basis? I, I would be concerned if I'm a Bucks fan, and that's why they that's why I think they've got to come out and try to have some just some quick strike success on offense, some early yes. success, just because, like you said, I think Washington's going to try to muddy up the game. They can't yep. come out and go three and out two times in a row because their deep shots didn't work or the coverage, the protection broke down and things just didn't click. And all of a sudden you give the ball back to Washington and lo and behold, they 
have a 10 and a 12 play drive and it's 14 to nothing early in the second half. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but I think it's conceivable because I, I agree with you. I, I think I think Washington's going to try to slog it. I think that's their best chance of winning. Um, you know, a- Antonio Gibson, you know, he's no, you know, he's no Tony Dorsett, but I, I, I think he's certainly capable against a shorthanded defense of, of having some success and say what you want about Alex Smith. I mean, he's the most, he's the comeback player of the year, one of the most inspirational stories in sports in recent memory, but he's five and one as a starter. Yeah. So this is a capable offense. And the, I just, I just think Brady and Byron Leftwich, they're, they're going to have to adjust and say, look, we know what we're facing. We know what they're going to try to do to us. We got to come out. We got to hold on to the ball. We got to move it downfield uh, methodically. We got to get some points. We can't, we, we just, you know, we can't allow ourselves to, to get off the field quickly and let those guys hold the ball. So I, I really do think, I really do think you'll see kind of a different type of, a Buccaneer offense uh, Saturday night, just based on that reason. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, it was in the mid-70s, okay, uh, this week, for the most part, low to mid-70s when, when they were out there practicing. I checked the weather uh, it will be clear. There won't be a whole lot of wind in Landover, Maryland on Saturday night. But the temperature is going to be about 29 or 28 degrees. Yeah. Now, that might not mean much to Tom Brady or Gronkowski or Antonio Brown, but I'll tell you how it might mean something to them. Even though they've played in it before, he moved to Florida. He's like anybody. You know, you ever hear those guys who they come, they come from the up, up north and they move That's down exactly here? That's exactly right. And they go back up north again, and what's the first thing they say? Whoo! Oh yeah, man, exactly my blood is right. thinned out. I'm not. I'm not used to. I am not. Yeah, it's like you know, my wife does this. She's from Chicago. Yeah, we'll go back up to Chicago, and she can't move. She's frozen. I go, like, what's what's the matter? I'm not. I it's cold. I can't. And I'm like, you grew up here. Yeah, but Ron I've been in Florida a month ago. When we got that first bad cold snap, he said, man, my blood must have thinned out. I had to wear a hoodie at practice. Yes. He said that a month ago. I know. So I'm wondering, because there's a lot of guys, you know, look, for all for all the NFL, I mean, this season in particular, right, what was, their, what was really their coldest game? I can't even recall. I don't know that there was one I had to put a sweater on or a jacket. There might have been one. Carolina? Rick, I don't. Was Carolina cold up there? I mean, maybe a little cool. I mean, maybe I, I can't even remember. They play in domes primarily, right? Yeah. Um, and and of course in the NFC South, there's a there's a couple of those. Carolina was the northernmost, I guess. Was they Chicago went to Denver. It was the in the Giants summertime. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't seem to me like like they've they've been really been. I I don't know. I mean, football players like would you know, especially the big guys, they prefer it cool as opposed to you know boiling hot like it is down in right. Tampa but 
Look, that's I mean, that's the element, right? That's the home field. If you know, there's not gonna be any fans there. And it was yeah. weird at the beginning of the season when you'd go into MetLife Stadium and, and you've got this, you know, eighty five, ninety thousand seat stadium, whatever, and, and our and FedEx holds about ninety, I think. And and it's just it's crickets. There's nobody. It's weird. Like you don't get it when you when you watch it on TV and you hear the piped in fake noise from in this case it'll be NBC. Um mm. you you don't you know, the soundtrack is still there for you, so you're not you know the shots aren't such that you realize the stadium. When, when you're playing and when you're at the stadium, as I've gone to these games, it's weird. Yeah. It's like playing in a parking lot. It's like a scrimmage. You can hear everything. It's weird, yeah. right? Now they've probably gotten over that, and this is you know every play is could be your last because it's winter go home. Um, but you add that to a really cold day. Um, I know I'm trying to throw up the red flags here a little bit, but I, I don't. I don't know that there's a lot of guys, you know, that are just going to walk out there and feel entirely comfortable. I think that could be a factor. That that is, if there's an edge for Washington being at home, it's got to be the weather. It's got to be those intangibles. You know, if if I'm if I were a wagering guy and I'm not, I, I would bet on Brady and the Bucks getting past this. But you can't ignore those things. They are red flags. These guys have not played in a cold weather game in at least a couple of months and i i do believe what what you talked about that guys who come down and acclimate themselves to florida and our climate they go back up there and it's not the same anymore you know and bruce arians talked about early in the season playing in those empty stadiums you know having to create our own energy he said we didn't do that very well they didn't and i know that i know this is the playoffs and mm-hmm. it's a different level and it obviously is. it's Winner go home, but but still, you're going to be playing in crickets in an empty stadium on a cold, frigid Saturday night, and you know it, it's going to be interesting to see how they react. I don't I don't think those kind of intangibles can be ignored, I, and I think and I think they all play in Washington's favor. I do too. And, and Ron Rivera has faced Bruce Arians twice in the playoffs. He's uh, beaten them both times. Of course, one time. I think Bruce had to have his fourth quarterback, Ryan Lindley, and they yeah. had an interception in the end zone that kind of sealed that one. Look, I, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Bucks at 11-5 and five in this division, right, the NFC South, um, right. where you have the number two seed in the NFC. Um, Atlanta didn't have a very good year. Carolina didn't have a very good year. This division, I think, is still, still obviously better, record-wise anyway, than the NFC East. The Bucks are a better football team period. Uh, right. They've got a quarterback that is starting, I don't know what it is, the 47, 48th game, I mean, something like some post, like, I mean, the guy's something played crazy. like four years of postseason games. Um, yeah. You know, so it's something crazy like that. And Alex Smith is no stranger to the postseason either. Let's let's give him that. Um, but, I mean, by rights, you know, if, if, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, and I can't play the spread worth a damn, but <laughs> the Buccaneers should win this football game. They 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 are a better football team. Doesn't mean they'll win it though. And you know, I think the hardest game for them might be the first one, yeah. um, simply because you know it's one thing to win four games against Atlanta twice, um, you know Minnesota and, and the Lions. You take a playoff game; it's still a playoff game. You do that on the road once and come home and know you got to go back on the road again. We're talking about them likely going to two places, Green Bay or New Orleans. And right. 
I've had coaches tell me they'd rather play Green Bay first, <laughs> and I've had, <laughs> in my opinion, would be you'd probably rather play New Orleans first, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they've beaten Green Bay. They're, they know New Orleans. They played horrible against them. The Saints are a better football team or were. This is not the same team that they would be facing. So I really think that this game could kickstart them. And, you know, look, I, I think they have a chance if they win this game to, to find themselves in a couple of weeks in the NFC Championship 60 minutes from a Super Bowl. Now let's let's say it doesn't go that far, okay? Let's say that the worst happens. Mm-hmm. First case scenario. They get they get upset in this game. They're like an eight point favorite or whatever they're, and they lose. Has this been a successful season for the Buccaneers? We heard what Bruce Arians said to that. He said it, it would not be successful if we lost this one, and probably would not be success unless we're wearing rings on our fingers at the end. <sighs> Did that surprise you? Rick, I no, I think it was the company line. Because, yeah, it kind of was. Know, you know, we're here to win a Super Bowl every year, kind of thing. Right. They, you know, and everything they invested in. I mean, they threw all their chips in the center of the table. They so have. And him saying that. But considering we talked at the outset of this podcast what Tom Brady has accomplished, which is just staggering at age 43, and how a team in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years, breaking a 13 year playoff drought winning 11 games. How many times have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won 11 games in their 40-some-odd-year existence? Uh, that'd be about four. Yeah. Four. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm standing back objectively and looking at it, I think it's a successful season. And then right. you bring Brady, Brady back and those guys, or as many as they can bring back in the supporting cast next year. Well, and then you just – that's offseason. And, yeah. and then, then you start talking about Super Bowl or bust in 21. That's what right. I've said all along. Right. You know, give give Brady a a, a full year of, of really preparation and installation and things like that. Then you can talk about that in 2021. But if they go out and lay an egg Saturday night, you know, maybe it's just me. I still think it's a heck of a season. Well, it's not going to feel good if it ends that way for sure right. against against right. the Washington team, and and that that would have meant that something horrible went wrong in that game. Um, it's not a slam dunk. You know, if Brady comes back, and we assume he will, but that's just an assumption at this age. He does have another year in his contract. You know, they've got a lot of free agents to deal with. They've got to deal with Chris Godwin. They've got to deal with Levante David. They've got to deal with Ndamukong Sue. Jason yeah. Pierre-Paul's in his final year. Um, how do you keep the band together? Are you are they going to be able to function at, at, at one year older, all of those guys? Right. Um, you know, and so there'd be a lot. It's you're never the same team, right? You just don't, right. you just don't reload. Um, you know, with the same club. So there'll be some things they'll have to navigate. Um, but I, I do agree with you that uh, an off season, a training camp, a preseason, a second year in the offense where he knows more than than just spitting out words, right. but as he is now actually seeing concepts, I, I think all of that would play into it. And Peyton Manning didn't win a Super Bowl the first year he went to Denver. That's uh, he right. did go to two, and he won in his last year. Um, yeah. So, you know, there, there's a way for them to do this. But um, I understand why Bruce is saying that, particularly this week. This is not – you want, you don't want to envision losing your first game against a 7-9 team in Washington, um, you know, after the year you've just had and the way you're playing. You're playing really well. I think they should have the expectation of winning this game. Joy, I think – I don't know what your prediction is. I think they win this football game. I think – 
that in the postseason you have to score points in today's NFL. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to see many Buccaneer teams drag you know the greatest show on turf into the fourth quarter, winning six to five until right. four minutes and forty four seconds. <laughs> I just don't think it happens. Um, so for that reason, uh, I think they're going to score enough points to, to to beat Washington. And if they can get up on them in the fourth quarter, it's going to be hard for Washington to strike quickly enough to come back. Right. I you know I I I could. Con- I, I do think they're going to win this game. I could see something like 31-21. I don't see the scoring outburst that we've seen the previous couple no, of weeks by no any way. means. But I, they I think may they not, get to yeah. 30. Yeah. You know. They may not score 30. They may, they may not. They score 28 or so or 27. But yeah. um, but it's going to be a good one. And Joey Knight and me, will, or is it Joey Knight and I, we, we, we will be there. I, <laughs> I write for a living. We will be there um, at FedEx Field, freezing. Um, as we, uh, we head up to the game Saturday morning, game will be Saturday night. And you want to check us out on Tampa Bay.com, uh, the Tampa Bay times on Twitter, uh, all that stuff, because we'll give you, uh, updates, uh, all through the game. And, and, uh, of course during the day should be a good one. Joy. Look forward to seeing, see you at the airport, man. Uh, I'll be there. Right. eyed bushy tailed. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. Hey, uh, everybody, you got to go to Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. Check out this gorgeous store, these beautiful Swiss timepieces. They're absolutely remarkable. Um, you know, you probably didn't get what you wanted for the holidays, right? So buy yourself a gift. Uh, this is a place where, you know, you put this on your wrist and you're going to look like one of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks or championship boxers. They got all these guys as clients, and they treat everyone the same when you come in. They'll treat you like you're a celebrity too. And if you tell them that Rick Stroud and Steve Bursnick sent you, even if you don't buy a watch, and I'm betting you will, they're going to walk out of there with a free $60 Breitling cap just for trying on one of those beautiful Breitling timepieces. So go see our friends, Breitling Boutique and International Plaza, only one of 15 in the United States. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 